Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds. I am normally joined by Lou the Big Daddy, but uh, he's on a dinner date with his niece. <laughs> so he is unavailable this evening. Uh, we're going to be previewing some of the games uh, on this week's schedule for week 10 of the NFL season. I'm very excited, obviously, even though the Chiefs are on a bye. But that should, you know, it's more good news for you guys because that's less time I get to talk about the Chiefs. Even though I go into every podcast like, okay, don't talk too much about the Chiefs because not everyone wants to hear about the Chiefs. And then once we get to the Chiefs, I just can't help myself and I spend like seven minutes on them. So that's my fault. But this week I won't even have the chance. So if you're new to this, uh, the podcast that drops on Friday, we kind of, you know, I give my thoughts on some most of the games coming up for this week. I kind of talk about the week previous, um, and that's kind of where we stand. Uh, Lou normally comes in with some hard-hitting, you know, betting lines. Um, if you want my thoughts on betting, feel free to check out the Friday Fire, which comes out every Friday. Uh, right now, we are about six or seven games above 500, so we've had a good year, even though last week was putrid 0-3. We don't want to talk about it. So let's just hop right into it for uh, week 10 of the NFL season. Um, we record right before the Thursday night football game, so by the time you hear this, um, Indianapolis and Tennessee would have played their game already. Um, it's a big divisional game. I'm not going to waste time trying to preview it or whatever, because like I said, by the time this comes out, it'll be over already. So we're going to start with the Sunday slate of NFL games. Um, before we start, I bash the NFL every single week because they never have enough 4 o'clock games, and this week they actually did what they're supposed to do. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 games at 1 o'clock, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 games at 4 o'clock. So, like, what a beautiful world we're living in. That's how it should be every week, nice and even. Not like 9 games at 1 o'clock and 2 games at 4 o'clock. That's the absolute worst. So, first game on the slate. Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. I actually wrote about this uh, for the Friday Fire. This one's pretty easy. Houston's coming off a win last week against Jacksonville. They almost blew the game. Cleveland's coming off a bye. Remember, no Odell Beckham. I think the Browns are better without Odell Beckham. I know it's messed up to say that because he got hurt. But look, they don't have to force him the ball anymore. They don't have to take design shots to him down the field. It's just not necessary. All right, They can be the team that they're built to be, which is run the ball with two backs, control the middle of the field, and, you know, hit Jarvis, Landry, or other receivers on their team, like Rashad Higgins or DPJ, down the field occasionally. Not these, you know, force-funneling the targets to Odell Beckham. Um, you know, Houston at this point, they are what they are. I'm surprised they didn't make any moves at the deadline, as in selling guys. They have Deshaun Watson uh, on offense with Will Fuller. David Johnson's banged up. He's probably not going to play. He's concussed. Um, their defense is terrible. They rank in the bottom five in pretty much every defensive category in the league, including rushing. Uh, Cleveland, obviously, is a top-rushing team. Nick Chubb will be back this week. Austin Hooper should be back this week, which allows the Browns to control the middle of the field. Obviously, they have Kareem Hunt still, and they still have Jarvis Landry. Uh, I just think the Browns are also healthier than Houston at this time, coming off a bye. I think this is going to be one of those games where Cleveland you know, really controls the clock, runs the ball down Houston's throat the whole game, 
Houston won't be able to stop it because they can't stop anybody when it comes to stopping the run. Um, and I just think it's going to be a, I mean, it might be a boring game for, you know, in terms of time of possession and stuff like that. But I'm taking Cleveland. Um, I say I've selected this game for the Friday Fire. Cleveland was one of my picks. I also threw in there, I'm not sure off the top of my head what the prop bets are for Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb rushing, but take the over on both of them because Houston's run defense is pathetic. Um, obviously, I'm going to give credit to Deshaun Watson and the offense because I think they're good. You know, it's just going to be tough. So, give me Cleveland at home, cold weather game against, you know, either a warm weather or a dome team. They're going to run the ball a ton. Uh, they should cover the three-point spread. So that's my thoughts there. We'll go to the next game because some of these are a little more interesting than others. Uh, Washington at Detroit. Two teams I don't trust at all whatsoever. Um, Alex Smith starting for Washington because Kyle Allen ironically snapped his leg in half. Um, Dwayne Haskins has come to the point with Washington. They've soured so much on him that I don't even know if he's dressing I have to check to see if they. I don't know if he. I don't even know if he dressed last week, uh, but Alex Smith is going to start. Um, I mean, fortunately for me, I was right about Haskins. He was terrible. He still is terrible. He's so terrible that at the trade deadline, no one was willing to give up anything to get him. So I think Washington's stuck in a Josh Rosen scenario right now, which is they can't give this man away fast enough. Uh, and we'll see, you know, how that comes down the uh, in the off season there. But in this game in particular, it looks looking like uh, Kenny Galladay not going to play for Detroit, uh, which is really a bummer, mostly because I just like watching him play. Something to look out for if you're a, a fantasy player. TJ Hawkinson was just added to the injury report with a toe injury. Um, when guys get added late in the week, that makes me a little concerned. So if you have TJ Hawkinson as your only tight end, keep an eye out there. But let's talk about the actual game. So uh, Detroit can't stop the run kind of like Houston. Uh, last week, Dalvin Cook ran for 200-plus against them. Uh, and I believe Washington's going to try to do the same thing with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. Obviously, they're not as good as Dalvin Cook, but the, like Detroit's run defense has been bad all year. Um, Detroit is trying to limit their defense being on the field by running the ball a little bit with AP and DeAndre Swift. But I still think to Matt Stafford's core, he's, he's going to sling it around. He's just always going to sling it around. It doesn't matter who he has out there. He's going to throw the ball, um, which I think actually benefits him. I know Washington's front four is really good, but their, sec their secondary outside of Kendall Fuller is not good. So I'm just assuming that Detroit's going to start chucking. I like that Detroit's at home. I feel like they do play much better at home. I mean, obviously Stafford has a really strong arm, so I don't really know. Like, I don't think that's a factor when he plays outside, but I, I don't know. There's just something about Detroit at home that makes me feel more confident in them. I mean, Alex Smith did not look good last week, but I mean, I'm going to cut the guy a break because he shouldn't, he almost had his leg amputated and here he is playing NFL games. Uh, but if we're just talking about strictly the game, I think Detroit matches up well with Washington as long as they can stop the run a little bit. They should like force Alex Smith to throw. They should be fine. Um, if I'm Detroit, I want to turn this game into a track meet. Right, just try to run up and down the field, you know, deep explosive plays, see if I can get Washington to fall behind, and then force Washington to throw. That would be my game plan. Um, I'm going to take Detroit, but I don't feel good about it 
Because let's be real, when do you ever feel good about taking Detroit? The answer is pretty much never. Um, so, you know, that's that. Obviously, Detroit doesn't want to fall behind and have to start throwing. Because then Washington's front four is going to get after it. But just in terms of... Uh, if, if Detroit can control the game early, they're going to win. If Washington can control the game early, I don't have confidence in them. But I think they are better off, obviously, because their pass trust will be able to get home. All right, so let's let's move on to the next game. Uh, next up, this one's not very exciting. Jacksonville at Green Bay. I can sum this up pretty short for you. Green Bay is good. Jacksonville is not. Even though I liked watching Jake Luton play last week, he put some dude from Houston in the spin cycle towards the end of the game, which is very exciting. But I'm expecting Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams to go go nuts because Jacksonville can't stop anybody. This might be one of those games where Green Bay benches their whole team in the fourth quarter because they're up by a gajillion points. So obviously I'm taking Green Bay. The only question is, do you think they're going to cover like whatever the spread is, 14 and a half? Uh, not touching that under any circumstances. All right, here we go. Next game. Philadelphia Eagles at New York Giants. This one I could definitely take some time on. Uh, the Giants, last time they played, the Eagles had them beat clean. But, you know, Giants collapsed. Eagles ended up winning the game. Uh, I think that was Thursday night football or Monday night. It was an, it was an, it was a national TV game. I think it might have been Thursday night, but I'm, I can't remember. Um, listen, I don't like the way Philadelphia is playing right now. I mean, it feels like their whole team is on IR every year, so that's not really an excuse at this point. They should be used to playing with practice squad guys everywhere. They do get Jalen Rieger back as well as Miles Sanders, um, but they're currently down Zach Ertz and every other receiver on their team, other than those guys. I don't know. Something's wrong with Carson Wentz. I, I don't know what it is. Ever since he like messed up his back, he just doesn't look right. He forces himself into you know bad mistakes. He has terrible footwork. His decision making is not good. And people are calling for Jalen Hurts. Like, I gotta take it easy. Carson Wentz was not going anywhere anyway. He's making way too much money. So you, you have to play this guy, unless you know unless he gets hurt. You you have to leave him out there. I mean, he's still good. It's just his decision-making is terrible. Um, I also don't love the Eagles' defense. But if you look at the Giants, the Giants have been in every single game this year, even games I thought they were going to get blown out in. They kind of hung around till the end until they finally ran out of gas. They play really hard for Joe Judge, um, which is going to create a conflict, obviously, at the end of the season when Dave Gettleman definitely gets fired. Are they going to let Joe Judge pick his GM? Or are they going to you know, choose a GM and hope that they get along with Joe Judge. I know uh, my friends who are Giants fans are a little worried about that because they don't want to lose Joe Judge. But uh, that's something to talk about later in the year. But as of right now, the guys play hard for him. Uh, even though the Giants are not the most talented roster out there. Um, over the past, f- since week five on, so let's do it that way. Since week five on, the Giants games they've played have the final result has come down to 10 points total over those weeks. So pretty much every week they play a close game between one or two points. And so far it's added up to 10. So they're in every single game or they win them. Um, right now the line on this game is Giants. Last time I checked, getting three and a half. I took that all day. Um, they keep everything within a field goal. They might have, they might even win this game because they should have won the last one. Um, if we're being real, they should have blew out Tampa. If Daniel Jones just hits Sterling Shepard one of those times that they had a busted coverage, it's an easy touchdown, the Giants win. If he hits him two or three times, we're talking about a blowout. 
So that's one thing I'm definitely looking at um, in this game. The Giants don't need to run the ball. They have no running game whatsoever. Philadelphia is good against the run. The Giants are going to be chucking the ball, obviously. Uh, Golden Tate might be back this week after, you know, <laughs> being heated about with Joe Judge about not getting the ball and playing time and all that other stuff. Uh, Evan Ingram is somehow still healthy. Now, obviously, one of these teams is going to make the playoffs from the NFC East because we know it sure as hell ain't going to be the Cowboys. And I think Washington's going to fall out of it. So, I mean, we'll fall out of it. They're all terrible, but you, you know what I mean. Um, listen, the winner of this game is in, is in a good spot going forward. Now, I'm not sure the winner of this game wants to be in the playoffs because they're probably going to lose by 30 in the first round. But I, you want the draft pick, ideally. I mean, the Eagles can hold the draft pick for ransom and trade it because you can't take a quarterback because Wentz is making too much money. Um, but the Giants still might be on the fence about uh, who they take. If they take a quarterback, another quarterback, or if they take um, you know any other position. Obviously, that's much further down the road. I know early in the year, I'm sure they still want the Giants to lose. My Giants friends wanted the Giants to lose. It's funny, my brother, who's a fan of Washington, wants them to lose every game. Uh, my one friend, who's an Eagles fan, is just done with Carson Wentz. So the whole division really does make me laugh. It's truly hilarious. Um, I'm going to take the Giants in this game, which I can't believe I'm saying out loud. Um, like I said, it should be close, but I just like the way the Giants are playing right now. They're probably, they might be able to string together a win or two. All right, so let's roll to the next game. That would be Tampa Bay at Carolina. Obviously, Tampa Bay got embarrassed on uh, Sunday Night Football. Yeah, Sunday Night Football. Pathetic. Like, so, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Tom Brady play that bad since when, um, let's see, when was that? 2014, I want to say. When, 2014, I think. 2014 or 2013. One of those two. Um, he, they went to Kansas City. And the Chiefs beat the brakes off the Patriots. And that was when Jimmy Garoppolo was first, like, getting some hype in training camp. And everyone's like, oh, Brady's done, Brady's done. Uh, you know, that was a game. Jamal Charles rushed for, like, three touchdowns. Uh, the, the Chiefs strip-sacked Brady, like, twice. He did, like, three interceptions. It was, it was terrible. So it's been, what, six years, give or take, since I saw Tom Brady play that bad. It was pathetic. I, I didn't know what Tampa was doing on offense. They weren't trying to run the ball. I guess they were trying to throw vertical shots down the field, but like that's not Tom Brady's game. He's all about the five-yard checkdown life. Um, for Carolina last week, they gave the Chiefs all they could handle. Uh, McCaffrey's banged up again. I mean, who would have thought giving a guy 400 touches and then him getting hurt the next year? Wow, that's every running back ever in the history of you know the world. Um, but despite that, Carolina hung in there till the very end. Actually, had a chance to win the game with a super long field goal. They ended up not converting. So, this is a divisional game. Last time they played, Carolina kept it close, and then Fournette actually sealed the game with like a 40-yard touchdown, um, which I remember that vividly because it messed up my Friday fire pick because Carolina had the game covered, and then they gave up a long touchdown with like under a minute 30 to go, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, but whatever, not the point. So, I think this is going to be a tight game. Now, I don't think Tampa is as bad as they played on Sunday. They're definitely not that bad. 
but I don't I don't think Carolina is as good as they played against the Chiefs. So they're they're somewhere. I mean they're they're a solid team. They're somewhere in the middle. You know, of course, Lou dodges the podcast after Bridgewater lights up the Chiefs defense. Um, I think it's time for him to admit he was wrong on that. But that's okay. We'll we'll get to Lou eventually. Um, all right. So this game in particular. I'm going to pick Tampa just because I think Carolina can't stop anyone, and that's always a good recipe for, you know, after you get, you know, killed, especially on national TV, you want to play a bad defense, get your confidence up. Well, it also helps that Tom Brady is pissed, and if there's one thing I don't want to do, it's deal with a pissed-off Tom Brady. Uh, he's, he's coming in hot. They're going to have all their weapons, Godwin, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Gronk, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, you know, you know, these are those games, like when, when Brady played for the Patriots, when the Patriots lost the game, like in embarrassing fashion, the next team they played, they beat the living hell out of them. And I think that's what we're going to get this week against Carolina. They're going to be pissed, and they're going to go nuts this week. Um, as a boor- Not boring to me, but it could be boring for you. Scheme thing coming up right here. I, I think Tampa needs to move Mike Evans inside a little more. Because he's like consistently open and Brady just doesn't hold the ball long enough for him to throw him the ball. Um, that'll also allow Antonio Brown to be moved all over the place. Like they they legit have three guys who could play slot receiver for them. Um, Antonio Brown's a mismatch anywhere you put him, even though he did, hasn't played in what, like a year and a half. Uh, I mean, he looked really good on Sunday night in whatever, the limited snaps that he ended up playing. Um I just don't know if Carolina has enough firepower to keep up with Tampa. So I'm going to take Tampa in this game to rebound. I think Tampa's a wild card team. Losing that game to the Saints might have cost them the division. I mean, they're a little inconsistent, but I mean, you'd expect that with a, you know, Tom Brady coming to a team that he's never played with any of these guys before. He's got a lot of new pieces, whatever. Uh, Carolina continues to be that, you know, pest of a team that doesn't really give you an easy win. But I'm taking Tampa Bay here. Uh, so moving on up to the four o'clock slate, we have a division, another divisional game. I feel like there's a lot of division games this week. Denver at the Raiders. I don't know where I'm going with this. So, and in terms of my game pick, so let me see if I can talk myself into one of the two of them. Denver's defense is really beat up. I mean, a lot of teams have a lot of injuries, but Denver's defense is like decimated. They're also missing Cortland Sutton on offense. Obviously, he tore his ACL. Drew Locke's been a little up and down this year. I mean, he played really well last week. I think he had, what, three touchdowns and only one turnover. He threw for over 300 yards. He rushed for a touchdown. Uh, they still ended up losing because they can't stop anybody. Las Vegas should have lost last week if the Chargers knew how to catch, but they don't, so they hung on to win a really close game. I, I just don't... <laughs> I know. Like, I have Vegas in my top, like, 10 or 12 in my power rankings. I just, I don't, I, I don't get excited about them. I just don't. Like, Derek Carr doesn't excite me, even though he's super efficient and you think he's my type of quarterback. He has been playing really well this year. But their defense is just so bad. Like, I don't know how they win games. Their defense is so bad. Um, I mean, against Denver, they should be able to beat Denver. Denver's O-line is, like, destroyed right now. They have nobody on their offensive line, which is why Drew Locke is running for his life, even though he's not a running quarterback. That's never a good recipe for success there. I see Jerry Judy's also banged up. I mean, if he doesn't play, they have no chance. But 
I'm going to pick the Raiders in this game. I think they do it. I think they'll do what they do every game, which is they'll run. They'll run the ball. They'll try the occasional deep shot to Ruggs or Nelson Aguilar. You know, they're they're going to control the middle of the field with you know point of attack blocking and Darren Waller a tight end, um, and the Raiders just do what they do. Now I, you know, they're not a threat to win the AFC West, but it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. So I was definitely wrong about that because I had that pe- I had them pegged for like six or seven wins. And it looks like if they're on the pace they're on right now, they're going to win like 9 or 10. So I was definitely wrong about the Raiders, but I just don't really get excited about them. I think they're like a, a year away, like next year, they, so I guess two years if you want to count, whatever. A year and a half, let's say, away from being like an actual contender because they have no pass rush and no corners. So like when playoff time comes, they're going to get shredded. But their offense is looking pretty good, and Derek Carr has looked a lot better than... He's looked in a while, so I guess so much for the Raiders, uh, you know, taking a quarterback. I think that's out the door now. Uh, next game up, Chargers at Dolphins. You know, the Chargers, I think they just find a different way to lose every single week. It's, like, ridiculous. They fumble at the goal line. They drop passes. They blow late leads. They make a storming comeback, and then they lose on a field goal. It's just the Chargers, they found every possible way to lose a game. And you'd have to think eventually, they have to finish one of these off. Like, they had the Raiders beat last week, and all they have to do is catch the ball, and they drop two fades in a row. Like, in their hands, caught it, and they lost the ball going to the ground without the defender doing anything. They just dropped it, even though Mike Williams smashed his head on the floor. But you you know what I mean. Mike Williams normally makes that catch. They're taking on Miami in Miami. Tua is now 2-0 as a starting quarterback. Um, I don't know what to make of Tua because the first game he did nothing because he didn't need to because Jared Goff's horrendous. And then last week he played Arizona that literally couldn't stop a bunch of 12-year-olds. So I, I, I don't really know where I sit on him right now. I knew he was good coming out of college. You're probably thinking, oh, Tim, you said you didn't want him. I didn't want him because of his hip. Because like, I think if he gets hit the right way once, his career's over. Um... And it looks like I would have been right because I had Justin Herbert over him, and Justin Herbert is really good. So I, I guess either way, you couldn't have gone wrong if you were the Chargers or Miami. So that's the low-key matchup with this, Justin Herbert against Tua. But uh, Miami, I saw they lost two guys to the COVID list today, Van Noy and uh, is it Christian Wilkins or something like that, one of their D linemen. So that's not that's not good because they rely on their defense a lot. Um Obviously, the Chargers are going to score. It doesn't really matter who they're playing. They're going to score. Their defense is banged up. I don't know if Joey Bosa is going to play in this game. Obviously, Derwin James has been out all year. Melvin Ingram's been playing kind of hurt. The line is uh, Chargers getting two and a half. I think I'm going to take the Chargers because, like, listen, I just got to keep taking them until they win one because, like, this is three weeks, two or three weeks in a row that they should have won a game I picked them in and they didn't win. Like, they got to win eventually. They're right there at the end. Um, for Miami, this will be a good test for Tua because if, if Herbert turns this into a shootout, I think the Chargers' defense is obviously better than Arizona. I mean, everyone's defense is better than Arizona. Um, but this would be a good test for Tua to see if he could do it like two weeks in a row against two different styles of defense. Uh, you know, Cardinals play a lot of man-to-man. Chargers play a lot of cover three, which is like a zone. So... Um, this will be a good gauge for two. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think I talked myself into the Chargers again. I mean, who would have thought? Taking my, talking myself into the Chargers. Uh, this game, this next game, is going to be 
I mean, I mean that game was good, but this game is going to be hyped. Buffalo Bills at the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, you would think if Buffalo's defense was playing the way they normally play in previous years, they'd win this game easily, but they are not playing well, which means that you have two teams that can hang 40 on you playing each other. And if you listen to our podcast or read anything I write, you know that I hate defense unless the Chiefs are playing it. Everyone else, I don't want to see any defense. I hate it. No defense. Only offense. And this game is going to give us that. Josh Allen against Kyler Murray. Josh Allen looked great last week against Seattle. Now, obviously, Seattle probably has the worst pass defense in the league um, because they have no pass rush or no corners. But he's playing Arizona, who doesn't really have the pass rush either with Chandler Jones out. Um, And then, obviously, you have Kyler Murray, who's kind of sneakily in the MVP MVP race. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of bring it this way. Talk about the two quarterbacks. Josh Allen is like, you know, younger Big Ben, like really young when he was still able to move. Um, obviously, he's more mobile than Big Ben, but that's like my comp for him. Like big arm, a little inaccurate sometimes, but like he'll just run people over. He doesn't care. Uh, Kyler Murray is Michael Vick. Uh, and the reason I say that is because everyone thought it was Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't know. Michael Vick didn't do all that stuff Lamar Jackson does. Like, like you could tell, like, because Mike Vick can throw. He was always able to throw. He had a cannon attached to his body. If you watch old Mike Vick highlights, for those of you that are not old enough to remember him playing on the Falcons, like, he was a little inaccurate at times, but, like, he could throw the ball all over the field. He had a rocket for an arm. Kyler Murray has that arm, but he's accurate. And that's the key. Like, Mike Vick didn't become accurate until later in his career, after he went to prison and came back for the Eagles. Kyler Murray is accurate now. And he has, a, he has weapons. He's got Kirk. He's got Hopkins. He's got Edmonds. Drake might be back this week. And what I like about Murray is when he runs, unlike Vic, he can protect himself. He never gets hit. He always goes down or gets out of bounds or whatever. And it's the undesigned runs, right? Like the play just breaks down and he's out. Because you're defending the pass because you have to because he can actually throw. And he takes off and you have nobody, who can, you have nobody on him. Um, but I think this is going to be a great matchup. I'm going to take Buffalo only because I think their defense got a little bit of momentum last week going, and I think they might continue it this week. Would I be surprised if Arizona wins this game? Of course, absolutely not. I would, I wouldn't be because they're a good team. All right, we have a couple of games left. Next one up, Seattle at the Rams. Um, Divisional games kind of bore me, but these games are normally good. Rams, Seahawks games. Russell Wilson is somehow getting points. Uh, obviously, in the Friday Fire, I took that. That's easy money. I don't like. I don't know. I can't see Seattle losing this game. They, you know, they haven't looked good the past two weeks. That's because their defense is bad. I think Russell Wilson knows if he doesn't play a perfect game, they're going to lose. So he's got to tone it down. I think the the coaching staff kind of helps him out with that. Tries to run the ball a little bit more to give him some help. Listen, I just don't think Jared Goff is good at football. Now, he's going to look good this week because Seattle is terrible on defense. But are the Rams going to stop Seattle? Probably not. Probably not. Are Seattle going to stop the Rams? Definitely not. So what does that mean? Lots of points. You know how I feel about points. I love them. Like I just said, I just went on a rant about it for 10 minutes. I love points. Um, if Russell Wilson can't win this game, 
he's out of the MVP race for me. Like you're allowed to have a bad game or two and still win MVP, obviously, because they're putting a lot on his plate. Because you know they don't play any defense. Um, I also I think this is a big game though for the Rams, because this division is stacked. Arizona's winning, Seattle's winning. Rams have to keep pace. And what's the best way to keep pace? Beat a divisional opponent, especially at home. You got to win those games at home, no doubt. Um, Henderson should be back for the Rams, and he kind of he got banged up before the bye. It's against Miami. Um, I'm going to take Seattle in this game. I just think DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Russ are going to be too much for the Rams to overcome. I know the Rams can score, but I don't know if they could score with Seattle. This is mostly coming down to Russ versus Jared Goff, and I just straight up don't trust Jared Goff whatsoever. All right, we got a couple more games. We have the San Francisco 49ers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, We can keep it short and sweet here. The 49ers are pretty much down to just their practice squad players. I mean, they have a lot of backups in. I don't think they have a chance in this game. Like I said, I don't think the Saints are as good as they showed on you know that game against the Bucks last week. But listen, their team is built around checkdowns, and now that Michael Thomas is back and Alvin Kamara is healthy, I mean that's what suits their offense. They have guys who run short routes that can make people miss and catch everything, and Drew Brees is super accurate, and that's how they're going to win games. Uh, I don't really have much to say about San Francisco. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to try his best to, uh, you know, make sure they don't lose a ton of games this year. But I just don't know if it's going to be enough. So I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, we flew through that one, I know, but you know it is what it is. Some of them you're going to do that. Last game at the four o'clock slot, you got Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. This is going to be a really good game because Big Ben is banged up. I mean, what else is new? He's always hurt. But Joe Burrow looks good. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is really good. But Cincinnati's offense is pretty good. My worry is that Joe Burrow ends up in a body cast by the end of the first half because their offensive line can't block. Uh, Joe Mixon is hurt, which is, you know, never a good thing. But I I just think Pittsburgh's too good. They laid an egg last week against Dallas. Um, You know, I think that might have been like a trap game. They definitely fell into it. There's no doubt about that. They just have too many ways. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be able to stop them. And I don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to block them, which is going to be a problem. Um, as long as Big Ben plays in this game, I'm taking the Steelers. I think now that Deontay Johnson is healthy and Chase Claypool you know, is, has broke out, you still have Juju inside, James Conner still healthy somehow, I don't know how. Pittsburgh is relatively healthy other than Devin Bush, who's out for the year, and Big Ben, who's kind of banged up. But if he can get through this week... I think they'll be okay. Um, for my sake as a Chiefs fan, really need someone to beat Pittsburgh so we have a chance at the one seed. He's lost a stupid game to Oakland we shouldn't have, but I think Pittsburgh is is going to win this week. I think they're in really good shape. I think in the AFC, Pittsburgh and Kansas City are clearly the top two teams, and then there's everybody else after that. So, But Burrow is fun to watch, and they're coming off a bye, so you know they might have some... Uh, Sneaky stuff planned, if you know what I mean. But I'm still taking Pittsburgh. All right, Sunday Night Football, Baltimore Ravens at the New England Patriots. Now, normally, I never pick against the Patriots at home, but uh, Cam Newton's not good at football. Cam Newton has not been good at football since, uh, like, 2016. It's been a long time, people. If you're one of those Cam Newton people, it's time to give up on it. 
He had one or two good, really amazing years. He won the MVP, whatever. He's just not good anymore. He's not. I don't know how else to put it. Belichick is going to do everything he can to stop Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. But you got to remember, this New England defense is not the same defense as last year. And last year, they got routed by the Ravens. Now, that wasn't in Baltimore, but still. Ravens last week finally came back to win a game. They were trailing at the half. I think Lamar is slowly figuring it out that he can use his legs, not as a main weapon, but to get himself a little confidence when the passing isn't there. Uh, he played a really good second half. That's how Baltimore ended up coming back. It probably could have been worse if Gus Edwards didn't fumble at like the two-yard line for Baltimore last week against the Colts. Um, the spread on this game is seven. That, I normally... Uh, Baltimore's probably going to cover it. There's like more than a good chance they cover that. I just don't like picking against the Patriots. I don't care how bad their quarterback is. But the Ravens' defense has the ability to make you look stupid. Um... Cam Newton looks stupid on his own, even without facing the Ravens' defense. So, I'm going to take Baltimore in this game. Um, they need this They need this win to keep pace, because it looks like Cleveland's not going to go that far away, and obviously Pittsburgh's undefeated. Um, if the Ravens show up on offense, this game could get out of hand for the Patriots, because they just don't have the athleticism to match what Baltimore is doing. All right, last game... Monday Night Football, Vikings at the Bears. This is strength on strength right here. The Vikings are hot right now, and this is how I thought they were going to be playing last season. Uh, I mean, not last season, earlier this season, excuse me. Dalvin Cook is running all over the place. It's back-to-back games with 200 yards rushing for Dalvin Cook. The Bears literally can't move the ball on offense, but they're really good on defense, specifically against the run. So I think that's going to be the matchup right there. Obviously, Dalvin Cook against this Bears run defense. Now, hopefully the Bears help me out a little bit because I'm playing against Dalvin Cook in a money league in fantasy this week. Shout out to fellow Beak Brands, uh, Will over there. He's got Dalvin and Kyler Murray, so I'm in big trouble this week, especially if Dalvin goes nuts again. Um... The Bears normally have Kirk Cousins' number. I don't like this game. It's prime time. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. But then again, do I trust Nick Foles? Hell no, I don't trust Nick Foles. So who do I trust more, the Bears' defense or Dalvin Cook? And right now, the way Dalvin Cook is playing, I think I trust him more. So I'm going to take the Vikings. Now, don't look now. If the Vikings win this game, they're like a game out of a wild card spot in the NFC, even though they got off to a really bad start. This is a big game because Chicago has dropped a couple in the past few weeks because they literally can't even get a first down. Um, I don't even know if David Montgomery is going to play in this game. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has a concussion. I have to check his status. But if Minnesota wins this game, like I don't think Minnesota is a team you want to play in the playoffs only because they know they're a run team. And they like to pound the ball. Like, they know their run team. They want to run the ball. They have a great running back. They have a really good backup running back. They're built to run it. Their receivers know that they're not going to get that many targets. They're not divas about it. I guess that was one good part about getting Stephon Diggs out of there. No one's really clamoring for the ball. I guess I'm going to take the Vikings this week. 
Uh, that's going to wrap up our previews for Week 10. Uh, some news coming up, though. Definitely check back for future podcasts. We're going to have NBA free agency previews coming up. We might have some MLB hot stove talk. I know there's been a couple of moves already. Uh, you know, Marcus Stroman accepted the Mets qualifying offer yesterday, so that was that was great. Uh, yesterday being Wednesday, this is being recorded on a Thursday. Obviously, we write a bunch of content all up on BeakBrands.com. Definitely, if you like the podcast or you like any of our writing, uh, send that out to your friends, family, whoever who might like sports, or give us a share on social media. Uh, we are at Beak Brands on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you personally like me, you can follow me at Tim Ferdinand. I post all of uh, our content on there as well. Uh, Lou is at Lou Jocks. And if you're a big UFC guy, we also have Tom. He's at Thomas Jonathan at, in, on Instagram. Definitely take a look at all that stuff. Like I said, comment, like, and share. And Lou's not here to tell you he loves you, but I'm sure he'll tell you that anyway. And we will see you guys next week right here on Speak to the Beak.